What's going on, Hardliners? Welcome to His Hardline for another episode of 1% with Him. Remember, every day we need to spend at least minimum 15 minutes with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Dig a little bit in the Bible and spend a little time in prayer, you know what I mean? If you can't do that, just join us here at His Hardline. We'll get it done. Drop. And don't forget to check out our website, www.hisheartline.com. We're happy to have you. Let's get started. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever you're at in the world on this fine Sunday or Monday, depending on where you're at in the time zone. It is August 28th, 2022, where we're at here in West Michigan. So welcome to His Heart Line for another episode of 1% with Him. And today, I think what I was thinking about doing is I'm going to start tearing into the book of Psalms. So we're going to be doing a, because some some of the Psalms, some of the books are very short. So we're going to be doing chapters one, two, and three in the book of Psalms. And then we'll go over, you know, a summary of each one here. And again, I use the, uh, a good reference that I think a lot, a lot of you would like to use if you ever want to check it out. It's called BibleRef.com. I don't know the administrators or the people that own that site. They do take donations, but they do really good work over there. And uh, they just, you know, they do a really good job of providing information of the Bible, summaries. They have different versions of the Bible digitally. Uh, it's a good it's a good resource. It's a good ministry. So Bible Ref, like referee, BibleRef.com. So anyways, glad to have you all here. I hope everybody's weekend is going well. I'm uh, just reading here on the chat board, Destry's dodging raindrops right now while he's putting up siding on his house. Yeah, he's been, uh, I tell you, he's, that guy's been getting really hard at work. Uh, he's up there in Alaska, and so, like, winter's probably going to be hitting him, like, probably in two weeks, I'm sure. He'll probably have, like, a foot of snow up there, but he's, you know, been re-roofing his house, re-siding it, added a porch, like an actual closed-in porch. Um, yeah, he's been getting after it, him and his uh, son. So they've been, I tell you, they, they, outside of his regular job, which is, you know, he puts in a lot of hours there, somehow manages to take advantage of the extended days up there in Alaska. And, and, uh, yeah, does all this, uh, frontier work, if you will, (laughs) and just homesteads, you know, it's pretty cool. But, uh, I guess it's 51 degrees up there. That's not bad. I'd rather have that. Today was like, I think on my truck thermometer, it showed 94 at one point. It was pretty humid today, too, so I'm kind of looking forward to the rain because I think we're supposed to get some rain tonight ourselves and hopefully drops the temperature down. Um, So I'm kind of looking forward to 60s and 50s again. Um, I like the summer, but I'm glad it only lasts for a few months because I'm more of a cold weather guy. Now, I hate the snow, but I do like the cold. The cold doesn't bother me one, one bit. I actually really enjoy the cold. I feel like I work a lot harder when it's cold out. Anyway. So, we had a good anniversary, my wife and I did, because we celebrated eight years, so that was pretty cool. And um, didn't do much. You know, we our daughter went to Grandma's house for a night, so we had a nice dinner out. 
went to this place, like I said, on a show or two back, we went to this place called Crumble Cookie and spent stupid money on cookies. Um, but they were good. But I got to stop eating that nasty stuff because I'm losing weight and that didn't help me at all. And so, yeah, it's been a good weekend. And then, uh, yeah, the wife uh, conned me into getting a new car. I say new car, not brand new, but uh, three years old. So, yeah, she conned me into getting a new car, something I wanted to hold off till next year. And she talked me into it to, uh, this past weekend. Actually, she didn't really talk me into it. If I'm going to be completely transparent with you, I kind of already was kind of needing, you know, she's been needing one sooner than next year. There's just been so many things going wrong with her flex. Her muffler fell off the other, you know, a few weeks back, you know, maybe a month and a half back after we got back from Tennessee. The passenger airbag light comes on because, you know, indicating that it won't operate. Every winter, the check engine light comes on because it needs a gas tank filler neck replaced on it um what else there's just you know every time you turn around a bend or you make a you know a 90 degree turn you could tell that there's something funky going on with the power steering i don't know if it's the power steering pump or what but it would make some weird noises that you can plain as day here if your radio was turned down um the windshield washer fluid wouldn't spray on the back uh, glass for the hatchback. I mean, the thing just was just riddled with all sorts of stupid things. And on top of that, the thing was just rusted beyond belief underneath. I got, I, I would actually legit would get concerned when I would rotate the tires and I would put a jack under it, um, thinking that the thing would fall apart underneath. I mean, it was so rusted. So, you know what? It was due. It was time. I wanted to wait till next year. I wanted to get that, you know, old girl through another winter, but I just, eh. Just something inside of me just was pushing me uh, to get rid of it because I'm not one that really makes a, a decision like that very lightly. So it's been kind of in the work. So and besides, she's never had a car that she's ever picked out herself. She's never had a newer car. She's always had some old pieces of junk of what I call Dave Ramsey cars. Pretty much what I have. I have just a little 2011 Ford Fusion. So so she went a little bougie and got a Lexus. So there you go. And she's like, boy, I can't wait till the 10-year anniversary. I'm like, ha, ha, yeah. Uh, yeah, you you just keep looking forward to that because uh, you might be heavily disappointed. <laughs> All right, let's get into the reading. Um, let's see where we're at here. Where are we at? Here we go. Psalm chapter 1. And I'm reading out of the New American Standard Bible today. And this one's only about six verses. So it says, Blessed is the person who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season. And its leaf does not wither, and in whatever he does he prospers. And the wicked are not so, but they are like the chaff, which the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. And so the little summary here, and what Psalm chapter 1, is, chapter one means. So, <clears throat> as you know, that this book of Psalms, first off, contains 150 inspired songs and each referred to um, 
as a psalm. And it was written mainly by King David. Now, 50 of the psalms are anonymous, and Asaph, a worship leader and prophet, wrote 12 psalms. And then the son of Korah wrote 10. King Solomon wrote 2, which was Psalm 72 and 127. And then it is thought that Heman um, and Ethan each wrote a psalm. And then Moses also wrote one. And then all 150 psalms are poetic works which offer praise to God. So these cover a wide range of topics from joy to depression, from peace to persecution, from contemplation to confession, from praise to prophecy, from creation to coronation, and from anxiety to adoration. And so the collection, this collection was known to the Jews as the Sefer Telhillim, or also known as the Book of Praises. And it it's set to stringed, it's set to stringed instrumental uh, accompaniment and Psalms became the hymn book for temple worship. And so the book of Psalms takes its place among the Old Testament's poetic books, which is Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and uh, the Song of Solomon. Now, the book of Psalms has five divisions, and the first of these extends from Psalm 1 to Psalm 41 and relates to the Genesis because of its recurring theme of creation. And then the second division extends from Psalm 42 to 72 and relates to Exodus because of its theme of redemption. And then 73 to 89 comprise the third division, which relates to Leviticus because of the emphasis of worship. Then the fourth division, Psalm 90 through 106, and relates to Numbers with its many references to Israel's wanderings in the desert. And then the fifth division extends from Psalm 107 to Psalm 150 and relates to Deuteronomy because of its emphasis on God's word. So Psalm 1 proclaims truths echoed in the book of Proverbs that following the wisdom of God is the best and wisest way to live. And like Proverbs, this psalm declares that those who obey God's teaching can avoid consequences arising from sin and disobedience. Absolutely. And now we get into Psalm chapter 2. What did I just do here? Excuse me, I'm like messing myself up. Here we go. Psalm chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. Now, why are the nations restless? And the people's plotting in vain. The kings of the earth take their stand, and the rulers conspire together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let's tear their shackles apart and throw their ropes away from us. He who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. Then he will speak to them in his anger and terrify them in his fury, saying, But as for me, I have installed my king upon Zion, my holy mountain. I will announce the decree of the Lord. He said to me, you are my son. Today I have fathered you. Ask it of me, and I will certainly give the nations as your inheritance and the ends of the earth as your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron. You shall shatter them like earthenware. Now then, you kings, use insight. Let yourselves be instructed, you judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with reverence and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son, and that he not be angry, and you perish on the way. For his wrath may be kindled quickly. How blessed are all who take refuge in him. And so Psalm 2 is credited to David by the New Testament in Acts 4.25. And so the apostles applied this idea to the persecution of Jesus by Israel's religious leaders. 
And this song expresses amazement that cultures and governments of earth would actually try to ignore God. And the consequences that will be dire. Instead, it is better to honor God and serve him. And this is exactly where we're going to be returning back to in this nation. We have to return back to God and make God the center of all we are and all we do. At the center of our marriage, at the center of our jobs, at the center of worship. And as a parent, we have to have God at the center of everything. In our government, in our school. Which I think more schools are starting to become more uh, decentralized into more... um, homeschooling units, which I would love to see. I would love to see little schoolhouses rather than big public schools, quite honest with you. Bring it back like the old days. And so the opening lines of this psalm from a rhetorical question, the point is not to seek an answer, but to make a point. And so there seems to be no good reason why anyone, even kings and rulers, would even try to defy God. The motivation of rebelling against God is selfishness and pride. And this also comes with anger and hatred. And so the, you know, the fury of earthly people is not intimidating to God. <laughs> and I can't imagine that it would ever. In fact, his response to those who attempted to defy him is pretty much laughter. I mean, think about it. It's like if you're, you're standing on an anthill and you got a bunch of these ants, they're probably mad that you're near their anthill. They're running around in a big tizzy and they're all bitter and they're furious, right? And if you could speak ant, you, you know, and would be able to understand what they're saying to you. You know, you're so big and powerful. I mean, just like God, you'd probably laugh at the ants. Like, yeah, okay. Yeah, your your anger means nothing to me. Too bad, so sad, right? But unlike God, or unlike us, or excuse me, because we're not God, you know, yeah, God will laugh, but he's not going to, like, destroy us. But, you know, the, the symbolism of God laughing implies his complete power and sovereignty. And so when a nation rages... And God laughs in response, it suggests how outmatched sinful people really are. And so despite the angst of those who disobey, God will establish his rule through Christ just as he had promised. And so part of his royal psalm includes references to the eventual rule of earth by the Messiah, and this will not come to complete fulfillment until Jesus Christ returns and reigns for a thousand years. And so the imagery of this passage, again, emphasizes the absolute domination God will express against his enemies. And so David ends this psalm pleading with kings and rulers to make the wiser choice. In this context, fear refers to respect and submission, not to object terror. And so to rejoice in trembling carries a similar idea, reference to emotion and sincerity. In ancient culture, polite forms of a kiss were the equivalent of the modern-day hug or handshake. To kiss the sun implies giving due honor and respect to the anointed one, and those who do so can be saved, while those who refuse will face the wrath of God. So those who rely on God will be called blessed. Now we get into the third book and the last book of this reading. Chapter 3. And this is only eight verses. And it reads, Lord, how my enemies have increased. Many are rising up against me. Many are saying my, uh, saying of my soul, there is no salvation for him in God. Selah. But you, Lord, are a shield around me, my glory and 
the one who lifts my head. I was crying out to the Lord with my voice, and he answered me from his holy mountain, Selah. I lay down and slept. I awoke, for the Lord sustains me. I will not be afraid of tens of thousands of people. Excuse me. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people who have set themselves against me all around. Arise, Lord, save me, my God, for you have struck all of my enemies on the cheek. You have shattered their teeth of the wicked. Salvation belongs to the Lord. May your blessing be upon your people. Selah. And as we get into the summary of chapter 3, it says right here, David's son, Absalom, began a violent revolution, and he even contemplated sending 12,000 manned army to kill his father. Now, only the interference of David's ally prevented that overwhelming assault from happening. And that was, you know, the background for this prayer of David. Now, David begins by expressing the trouble he faces, and his enemies are vast in number and increases in their power and influence. Now, beyond that, it seems that David's peers are suggesting that he's been abandoned by God, and the situation at hand seemed bleak. And so other people were telling David to just give up and accept his, you know, fate. But however, this was not the first time that David faced dire circumstances. In fact, there were many times that he has trusted God to carry him through danger and faced with those struggles and threats. And David slept soundly knowing that God was entirely in control. And the present trouble for David is no different. Even though there are literally thousands of people against him, his faith is not shaken. Based on the conviction... Based on that conviction, David prays for God to deliver victory over these enemies. And so the imagery here is graphic. Picturing a devastating blow that shatters an enemy and leaves his, you know, leaves them incapable of fighting back. And confidence based on experience shines through David's prayer over his dangerous situation. I love that. I love that psalm. You know, that's it's a really good psalm, as a matter of fact, because too many times in my past... I have been faced with a lot of situations where uh, both detrimental to life and health and financial and circumstances of many kinds. And this is before I really had a good, true faith and rooted with God and Christ. But, you know, now I will say this, like when, when, when things arise in my life now, in our life, I should say, my wife and I, right? When crisis occurs, I don't care what it is, whether if it's, you know, if it's a job loss or, or whatever, you know, look, when, I, when, when COVID was still at its height, right. And people were freaking out, wearing their face diapers and companies were trying to do these stupid mandates to try to put these face diapers on us. Right. And, you know, they were asking us our vaccination status. Some companies were taking it a little too far and making people get the shot. I tell you what, let me say this. While people were freaking out around me and my company, that and I say my company, the company I work for, it's not my company. But while people around me were freaking out, I took very... Um, how should I say? I had a lot of peace and solace in my in my being, in my soul, because 
I wasn't going to bow down to that. And I was prepared to accept being let go from my job. And if that was the case, I'd figure it out. And in fact, I was so prepared, as a matter of fact, that if the FMCSA, which is the federal, you know, the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration, the FMCSA, right, if they were going to mandate all truck drivers to get the shot in order to haul a commercial vehicle, you know, to drive a commercial vehicle, I'll be honest with you, I was ready to walk away from the industry. Now, for me. That would have sucked, I'm not going to lie, but I was prepared to walk away. I don't know what I would go to next, but I was prepared to walk away and say, you know what, screw you, I'm not going to do this. But I trusted in God. No matter what's going on around you, like I said, and I forgot to say it in the intro today, in my introduction, just got right into it, but like I said, you know, when you got God and Jesus Christ at the helm and they're at the wheel and they're steering the ship of this you know, through this crazy storm that we call life, you know, you're going up and down these big swells and, you know, these big waves, right? Wind blowing all around you, lightning striking. I mean, it's just, it's, 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 it's nerve wracking. There's so much going on. You can't feel peace, right? But when you know who is at the wheel, when you know who's steering this ship and you completely rest your life, 100% surrender to God and Christ, not even a 12,000-man army or a 12,000-fleet of boats that's surrounding you in the ocean won't, try, won't, won't take you down so long you be, truly believe and, and rest your faith that God has got you. And so, yeah, I was ready to freaking walk away from the, uh, from the industry. Again, no idea what I would go to, but I was just going to rely on God's good grace. I'm, uh, Cause you know what, whatever God has in store for me, I tell him all the time, whatever you want, I will do it. That's the only one that I would say that to and anybody else. Nope. But if God meant for me to just step away from the trucking industry because of something, you know, some reason or another, and, you know, that's what I was calling to do. All right. We need to rely on God. You need to remember that God never abandons us. We are prone to... And have historically abandoned God, but God never abandons us. We need to remember that. And this nation has abandoned God, but we are coming back and we are returning to God. As more people wake up with what's really truly going on around them. We will get back to a point to where the storm will blow away. We'll see a beautiful sunset. It'll be calm. The wind will die down. We'll see land. We'll see that safe harbor that we're going to sail into. Anchor. 
and we're going to be able to really truly have peace and rest. It's coming. So anyway, let's, I think we should pray. So Heavenly Father, we thank you so very much for this day. And thank you for our health. Thank you for the motor, you know, our, our, our motor skill capabilities, being able to see, hear, smell, touch, feel. Thank you for, you know, the ability to think and speak and be able to read. And we just pray that, you know, you just keep us healthy because our health is our first wealth. Without that, we have nothing else. I also pray that you continuously guide our thoughts, our words, and our actions, not just on an individual basis, but collectively. Because words and thoughts, they do have power behind them. They have frequencies. And we want to make sure that we put out good frequencies. We want to put out good words, good thoughts, good actions, actions that serve your children, that bring joy to others. And so we just thank you for all that you do. Thank you for our families, our homes, the ability to work. Even though we grumble, forgive us for those grumblings. You know, we're only human, as you know. Sometimes we just don't like to work. We're going to be honest with you, but... We are thankful for work. And we just pray that we can get closer to this thousand years of peace and we can get the return of your son sometime soon. That'd be great. But we pray all this in your holy son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. And so that is all we have for today. Ladies and gentlemen, I am going to come back here on the other side. We're going to do a... Uh, uh, we're going to do an episode of the EDU spot. I didn't really do two last week like I wanted to. Um, I only did one. You can guarantee you always get an EDU spot um, once a week minimum on Sundays. But because, like I said, it was uh, our eight-year anniversary. I didn't want to be in a studio on our anniversary night. Um, just wanted to just make it just me, you know, me and my wife. And another little reminder, so not this week, but next week, um, I think Tuesday. I can't remember now. But um, next week. I will not be in the studio um, from Tuesday or Wednesday. I can't even remember. I will not be in the studio, though. So, um, yeah, and that should be like the last time that'll be in, inter you know, that'll be interrupted. But, you know, as we kind of close off the summer, um, just trying to, you know, get in as much, you know, fun and stuff like that as we can before before the snow starts flying, which for Destry up in Alaska, it's probably going to be next week. <laughs> so anyway i hope we don't see any snow till like january um anyway that's all i have and i hope you all have a great day great night wherever you're at in the world and we'll see you back here on the other side for the edu spot bye-bye all right ladies and gentlemen that is it for the day thank you for joining us here at his heart line Remember, we need to spend at least 15 minutes each day with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That is literally 1% of our time on a daily basis. Spend a little time in the Bible, spend some time in prayer. And you'd be amazed what Jesus will do to you. Drop. Don't forget to 
check out our website, www.hishardline.com, for all the latest updates.